0: Hi, this is Whisper Lakes from Mount Washington, and you're listening to Podcaster. This show is sponsored by cash-advance.com.
1: Cash Advance is your geocaching hub for all of your caching needs, including the Cash Crate, a monthly subscription box of geocaching and outdoor gear. This is the Podcaster Podcast. The
0: podcast all about geocaching.
1: We consistently deliver high quality, family friendly shows that are informative, inspirational, and entertaining. Welcome to the show.
0: Sunny and I'm Sandy from sunny San Diego, California.
1: Welcome to Podcacher.
0: This show is packed with geocaching goodness, news, tips and tricks and tools of the trade. Also interviews, geocaching events and stories from around the world. You can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at podcacher.com. So with that, let's get on on with the the show. show. Welcome to another podcaster Podcast.
1: We are glad you're here with us for show 727 for September 21st, 2020.
0: <laughs> and as you could probably tell, we are not in the studios right now. We're actually out at a trailhead. Uh, the roar you hear in the background is a... Uh, I guess that's a highway. It's a
1: freeway. It's a
0: freeway. And uh, we're here out here with Sayla And she you, can, you might be able to hear her kind of whimpering because Sean's off in the distance as we record this. <laughs> but, the... Uh, The uh, freeway that you hear is uh, a little bit off in the distance surprisingly It's it's loud because we're in a relatively quiet place or we're going to be heading to a quiet place up the hill at a place called What's this called? Mount, Mount Montserrat Mountain And it's in the part of San Diego County. It's in the north part of the county. And it's a... uh, Well, they they call it a mountain. It's a really, really big hill. (laughs) Right? I mean, I don't... I guess it's a mountain. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to be able to... It's elevated. It's elevated. (laughs) But we're going to be able to hike to the peak in, uh, you know... This morning so it's not like a a super tall one. I think we're gonna find out as we go uh, how tall it is but we've never hiked here before.
0: No and we decided to get out early because it's gonna be hot.
1: Right and so it's actually before 8 o'clock in the morning and we're gonna start our hike. Sayla is whimpering and barking because she wants to go. (laughs) She's so excited to get up there. Um, Another cool thing of course is that there is a bunch of geocaches on this mountain that we haven't found. I've kind of mapped it out because we're working on our Wonders of the World souvenir. Yeah. And you know how you have to get the modern first before the ancient. So uh, we have two more modern. So I figured out which caches we need to get to get those souvenirs. And then that unlocks all of the ancient souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get some of those today too.
0: Yep. And looking forward to this hike, uh, we this was recommended to us by a friend. And it should be a, a pretty decent hike. Uh, it looks like a lot of elevation. But we'll take a, a few pictures of the, the signs that are here at the Trailhead. and One of the signs that are very common here to Southern California is a, r- a rattlesnake sign. Mm-hmm. And that's just a warning because they are around and especially on, uh, well actually at any time, they can be around on hot days, on cool days, out on the trail. And uh, with this much people walking around though, it's probably not going to be um, th- th- them walking around to- on the trail too
1: much. Yeah. And as we take you on our hiking geocaching adventure, uh, we're also going to give you a great show today. And we're going to have some people. Feed- feedback on attributes from the time we talked about it on the show before.
0: Yep. And we're going to follow up on our interview with Bugsy Travels and the ammo boxes.
1: We also have an update on a really cool cache that we mentioned on a previous show.
0: Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about a new podcast you might be interested in and much, much more geocaching goodness.
1: All right, so we got to join the crowds heading up the mountain and head off on our hiking geocaching adventure this morning.
0: All right, so come along with us as we hike up Montserrat Mountain up here in the northern northern part of the county of San Diego County.
1: Casting and GPS news.
0: Alright guys, so we're taking a little break. We've gone about 0.65 of a mile (laughs) not quite a mile yet Uh, but we are elevated it it was a pretty uh, decent climb and we're now can over we can now overlook and see uh, not too far in the distance like a housing complex uh, you know like a little neighborhood over there and then the freeway that we're uh, we can see quite clearly now that we're a bit of a distance from and we can still hear yeah it's (laughs) amazing how far uh, far sound travels
1: and we stopped here at this particular point because uh, there's a geocache along the trail. Sean had to do a bit of a scramble <laughs> to get up to it.
0: He did a good job. did yeah. a really good job. The, busy the busy scrambling day. kid.
1: And this is a very busy trail, as you can hear. A lot of people had the same idea we did to come out here earlier in the morning.
0: It's amazingly busy. <laughs> like, we thought we would be, we thought we'd be the only people out here. Then we parked and there was a lot of cars at the trailhead. And we thought, okay. And, uh, yeah, there's basically a loop that we're going through. So either we're going uh, up the back side or down the front side, whatever you want to say. But other people are passing us in, in both directions.
1: And this geocache uh, got us the Great Wall of China. So that's our second to last modern wonder of the world that we need. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we thought we'd just share some news with you as we stopped here. First up in GPS and geocaching and treasure hunting news, we saw that Forrest Fenn, who sent explorers on a famed Rocky Mountain treasure hunt, died at 90 years old.
0: Yeah. And we've mentioned the famed Forrest Fenn treasure on the show several times. Uh, The most recent mention was when the treasure was finally found after 10 years of many people trying. Well, now another chapter in the story has closed. Here's what the article said.
1: Forrest Fenn, whose 10-year treasure hunt inspired thousands of people to explore out west, has died. And he was 90 years old. He died of apparent natural causes at his home in New Mexico. And Fenn was an art and antiquities collector best known for hiding that treasure chest somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. And he published those cryptic clues ten years ago in his autobiography The The Thrill of the Chase. And he set off a treasure hunting phenomenon. And he estimated over 350,000 people went looking for the chest along the mountainous terrain. That's a lot of people. Some people quit their jobs, devoted their days to searching for it, and unfortunately a few died during their search. And some skeptics believed his treasure hunt to be a hoax until June when Fenn announced an anonymous adventure had finally found the bounty. And he shared the photos to Proved the treasure was real. Uh, a silver chest teamed with gold, jewelry, and other artifacts believed to total over a million dollars. And he held on to his treasure hunt secret until the very end. He never revealed the exact location of where he had placed the treasure, and he kept the finder's identity private. Explorers who went searching for Fenn's treasure in the West thanked the late adventurer for the chase of a lifetime, as one of them said, he shared the beauty of the wilderness, and that was the real prize. Yeah.
0: So, yes, another chapter is closed. And uh, But, you know, really, re- maybe he's inspired other people to do something similar, you know, to put something out there that everybody can take part of and mm-hmm. kind of dream about. Because I think that's that's part of the appeal, is that sort of dream. <sighs> I might be the one to find this this lost treasure. And so, uh, you know, I think that's what geocaching is all about. if not to the scale of what he did or, right. or to the scope. But I think a lot of people are like, okay, am I going to be the, the first one to find it or to find it at all?
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, so we're going to continue heading up on this trail right now. The sun is rising. It's getting warmer. That's one of the things that we know is going to happen as it, as the day continues and one of the things we're trying to avoid. But, uh, yeah, we're going to make it to the peak, find a few more geocaches, and uh, keep you along with us on the way. Podcast all right we have made it to the peak here something like 1,000 I I think it's a hill it's like (laughs) 1,000 500 some odd feet. Yeah, something like that. I <laughs> yeah, got a picture. You can check it out in the show notes. But we all made it up here.
1: Yep, we did. And uh, we also found the cache that's here near the peak. It's a little bit, you know, not right exactly at the peak, a little mm. bit in the bushes. Uh, Sean was able to scramble uh, through some rocks and bushes. And it was a big old ammo can which with pretty decent swag in it, which we don't find very often. So it's always cool when we get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a big one. And Sean found this. Uh, oh, hold on. Here's Salem. Yeah, that's Sailor. She's panting. (laughs) I thought thought I'd get her on the show, Um, but it was a pretty big, big uh, ammo can. And Sean actually found this really cool combination: compass, reflective mirror, magnifying glass, and binoculars.
1: It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, so we traded for that and it's been a while I think since he traded for swag yeah. doesn't really carry it with him anymore no. I think he's too old for that now.
0: Yeah, but he's <laughs> gonna start carrying swag because of stuff like this Like every once in a while you do find cool stuff. Actually, this was a large ammo can and it had yeah. had a lot of things in it Yeah um, But uh, it, yeah, it was off the beaten path for sure And uh, that's how most of the caches are out here on this hiking. It is very by the way You might hear voices occasionally. It's a really busy hiking place uh, Understandably, it's got mm-hmm. some nice views um, it's a little warm right now, but other than that, it's a, it's a good challenge, but it makes you feel good after the, the challenge of getting all the way up here.
1: Yeah, and well, it's pretty steep. The route that we came up uh, was was pretty steep. And on the way down, we're going to go uh, a little bit longer, but more gradual. It's mm-hmm. kind, kind of a big loop. Um, and there's a few more geocaches that way, too.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next up, we've got podcaster email. So first up in podcaster email, we have a message with a question for our intelligent, good-looking listeners.
1: So they wrote, hello, team Podcaster, This is Elms Fam. I have a question I was wondering if you could put out to the podcaster audience. About a month ago, I found a really neat geocache called Vision. It was a two-stage mystery cache at the start of a bike trail. At stage one, you found a tackle box at the base of a tree. Inside, there were two rectangular pieces of plexiglass. They each had one half of the coordinates on it with the last three numbers missing. The glass seemed to have scratches in an arc on it. When you held the glass up to the sun, the coordinates appeared on the glass. This only worked with the sun and nothing else. I was wondering if you or any of the podcaster listeners could tell me how a cache like this was made. I love interesting geocaches, and I'm trying to hide more myself. Happy caching and stay safe. And that is from Elms Fam. Wow.
0: So it, it's pieces of glass, and they're somehow etched, and they say it only works like if the sun's going through it.
1: Right. Plexiglass. That yeah. You yeah. have to hold up to oh, the sun. Okay. And then and then the the the, the coordinates appear uh-huh. on the on the plexiglass. Yeah. And he did reach out to the cache owner, but hasn't got a response yet about about how it was made. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd put it out to our geocaching audience uh, to see if, if any of you guys have seen something That's like that. Neat. Or if you would know how you could go about doing that.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if other people could do that easily, that would mm-hmm. be a neat little way. But I guess that wouldn't be very good for night caching, though.
1: Uh, no, if you need the sun, it can't be a night I wonder
0: <laughs> if it would work with a flashlight. I mean, when he says sun, I wonder if he means just light. Or if it's actually something in the sun's rays, or something that I don't know. Makes it it's, it out, said yeah. it
1: only worked with the sun and nothing else, so not sure what you know what else was tried. Interesting. Sounds, and we'll put a link on the show notes so you could see you know where the cache is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've seen something like that before, or if you've made something like that before, uh, go ahead and let us know, and we can share that here. Mm-hmm. Listener Feedback
0: we love here at is getting feedback on things that we've talked about in the show. It really makes the show much more of a conversation. Love hearing from you guys. And next we got feedback on attributes from Katie. Alright, he said to uh, say this, I hate to contradict Sandy but you mentioned that you can add as many attributes as you want. Well, no. There is a limit. 15 is the max. Oh,
1: Alright, right. that was a good catch. I think I might have said just add all the attributes you want to, <laughs> um, but that's not true when you uh, make the cash. They, they encourage you to add a lot, but they have maxed it out at 15.
0: All right. Uh, Katie goes on to say, while Southern California is basking in heat, we here in Saskatchewan are getting a blast of cold air. Uh, 46 degrees Fahrenheit here today, which is about 8 degrees Celsius. All right. So, you know, and we've noticed that uh, that the different parts of the world, obviously, are experiencing different things. But here in the United States, we're ex- experiencing extreme weather. Here in the West, we've got mm-hmm. the wildfires that are probably yeah. in the news that you've heard about. Yeah. And then uh, in the East and Midwest, well, in the East and the Southern part, there's those hurricanes mm-hmm. that are affecting that part. And so, you know, our thoughts go out to people that are being affected by that speaking of weather today it's I would say it's in the high 80s and 90s right so it's not too bad
1: but when we started this morning at the we started like eight or so um, I don't even think it was 70 yet so it was it was a nice cool beginning and we were on the wrong side of the mountain from the sun so when we started we were in the shade now we're Um, on the right side of the mountain now we're in the sunshine (laughs) I think the sun's everywhere now (laughs) yeah
0: there's no hiding from it here
1: all right we also have some follow-up on the Bugsy Travels Uh, last week's show uh, we interviewed Bugsy Travels on the Ammo Boxes, mm-hmm. and we heard from Steve of the Travel Bugs, who also joined them for that live concert in Manchester last year. Yeah, And he wrote this. In case you're interested in the details of the story of Manchester, I wrote a blog about it. And this is a lot of details about how they kind of um, did,
0: coordinated, coordinated yeah, the music and everything.
1: Yeah. He says Hans actually wrote guest pieces in the middle of it. Uh, here's the first segment. He sent us a link. At the end of each segment is a link to the next one. It's like 16 segments long but they're each pretty short. Mm, okay. So we'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out and learning more about how all of that came uh, to pass with their combined concert.
0: All right, really cool. All right, we're going to start heading down the trail. Uh, actually, now we're heading down, and we'll, <laughs> so, so at least we, we don't have that. We've got, we've got enough water, I think, and then once we get to the car, we have this um, cooler full of cold backup wa- water. Backup water as yeah. well. All right, we're going to head on down the trail and uh, see what we can find. A few more geocaches along the way. And that sound you heard was the ammo can, uh, and it's the cache that we found. Let's see. You know, ammo cans are the best, absolutely the best containers because oh, they seal and everything inside is usually, I mean, unless that little gasket or something is out, is out of shape is like in perfect condition not only that critters can't get in water doesn't get in all that stuff the outside of this thing is kind of rusty but uh yeah honestly ammo cans and they last forever they they don't deteriorate with plastic everything and this is the place to have ammo cans because we're out in the middle of um a lot of wilderness where people aren't going to run into it. So Sean was actually, the, once again, our scrambler <laughs> to go up to some difficult terrain and retrieve it for us because it was off the beaten path for sure.
1: Yeah, we're actually headed down the long path now that's, uh, that's less steep, uh, but it's a longer trail. Mm. But there's some caches along here. And this cache, since we finished all the modern wonders of the world, this has our first ancient wonder of the world. So this yay. this was, yay! a cool one uh to to stop at <laughs>
0: and and Selah's happy because here he, we're gonna put sail on the on the show again there you go all right that was a little sailor for you and <laughs> she's happy because we're headed down but she's looking for every little patch of shade on the way down uh to try and and, and get a little coolness we brought, brought a lot of water we're, we're all fine in fact we actually brought sailor's The uh, the backpack that carries Sayla. So Selah's backpack, which if it got to be too extreme, we were going to put her in it and just carry her down. But she seems to be doing okay, except for the the shade thing. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the geocaching content we're bringing on this show. And we work hard to collect and curate and cultivate relevant geocaching goodness to you in a package that's entertaining and inspiring. And, you know, we do love what we do. But one of the only reasons that we've been able to continue producing the longest-running podcast about geocaching for 15 years is because of our Podcaster Club members. These listeners, just like you, have decided, hey, this is one podcast I want to make sure keeps on creating. Now, podcaster adds value to their geocaching lifestyle, and it's important enough to pitch in, you know, the cost of a couple fancy Starbucks drinks a month to make sure we can continue to deliver timely, interesting, and relevant content and be a geocaching resource that you can count on and trust. Hey, why don't you step up and become a podcaster club member? We've got lots of perks, and you can geocache with pride, knowing that you're part of the select listeners who make this podcast Podcast possible. Now, right now until October 16th, there are even more incentives for you to join. You can find out more and join the Podcaster Club at podcaster.com/slash/cluboffer2020. Hey, by the way, one of the things we wanted to tell you about this uh, hike that we're doing today is there's a, a crossover between not only doing the geocaching, uh, things that we're doing and learning about that, but also somebody else, not not related to geocaching, realized that the height of this little mountain that we're going up uh, pretty much coincided with the height of the World Trade Center. And so the uh, this one's called, the, what is it, the 9-11 Memorial?
1: Yeah, 9-11 Memorial Hike. Yeah. And what they did is they put some sign signposts all along the way and the signposts tell you in elevation gain how many floors uh, that would have been for the firefighters and first responders who went up um, to help people during the 9-11 attack.
0: Yeah, and obviously what we're doing today is recreational. It, it, it's, it's pretty warm, but, um, you know, we're not f- climbing up flights of stairs. But every once in a while, there'll be a signpost that says 9-11 Memorial, and then it'll say what level of floor you're on. So way down at the bottom, it was 20... 20th floor and then 50th floor and near the top it basically got to the you know the same height which is 110 stories 110 floors mm-hmm. and so uh we actually we'll, we'll we'll take a picture and put it in our show notes so you can go check it out but a uh, pretty cool idea and you know it, one way to kind of remember and realize how much elevation uh you know they had to do uh, in the stairwells yeah
1: all right. Next, we're going to share with you um, an update on a cool cache that we mentioned several years ago. On the cool
0: show. cache, <laughs> unlike today, which is really hot. That's right. Cool.
1: Uh, this came from Dirk, also known as Lurium, uh, Lurum, I think. Dear Sunny and Sandy, in January 2017, it was quite cool listening to your podcast where you mentioned my Lost Places World Tour yeah. that I started here in Germany. Many thanks again. Now, this was a cache that you could solve all online, but if then if you uh, lived in Germany, you could. Actually, go find the final as well. So far, I have had some thousand cashers playing the tour online and even collected 600 plus favorite points from all the finalists that made it to the physical final in Germany. Now, there is a special Alberta edition with a physical find on the North American continent in Canada. It can be signed in Calgary, Alberta. The online multicache stays the same and can be played like the original one with a lot of support from the Lurem Travel Agency, while the physical find is operated by YY. See a female cashier from the Alberta area. So maybe you want to t- play the tour yourself or just spread some cool, cool news again. All of us from Germany, uh, Dirk, also known as Travel Agent Lurum, And I'm sorry if I don't say your name right. And yeah, this is an online multi that's a tour of 10 amazing abandoned places or what they call lost places around the world. And you follow the path using kind of a clever way of email addresses to get your next instructions and you build the email address by using coordinates that you uncover along the way, and um, using like Google Maps, Google Earth, and all these tools to explore these places, find numbers, turn them into coordinates, translate that into an email address that you send off and then you get this automated response back that tells you where the next step is. So it's a really cool thing to do and anybody can play it obviously. And then if you happen to be in either Germany or uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, you can actually go find the final as well. So really really awesome.
0: Yeah. And we've heard about these lost place caches before and they are actually different because they're LPCs that are cool. (laughs) Lost place caches. Right. Yeah. All right. All right, we are going to head on off to uh, go get, try to get down off this hot mountain <laughs> and I uh, might find some more geocaches along the way. Hey guys, as you can probably tell by the Pacific Ocean surf sound that you're hearing, we are no longer in the mountains. So we were up about 1,500, almost 1,600 feet up high in very, very hot inland weather. San Diego County is really big and so it covers a lot of land, a lot of uh, different kind of actually uh, environments, so to speak, because that was hot and dry and elevated. And um, we did find caches, but then we had quite an adventure. But now we are down here at the Pacific Ocean, at the beach. We're actually at Carlsbad State Beach with surfers in the water and people hanging out doing boogie boards and stuff and we're actually uh... recording this on a jetty um, which is a little bit elevated rocks and stuff like that but it's a great place for a nice cool breeze and, and being able to watch all the people enjoying themselves at the beach today
1: yeah, it's later in the day, and it's also right by the ocean, so uh, it's definitely cooler than where, where we were at oh, yeah. hiking up that mountain. So since the last time we recorded up there, um, we found a few more caches. One actually had a difficulty and terrain combo that we had never got before. So,
0: so it was
1: a 4-4. Yeah, so that was a, a cool bonus, as well as getting some of the um, ancient wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point... Uh, the the temperature was rising and there was no shade at all and we were starting to realize because we took this other route back how far we were from our car and we were also realizing that even though we thought we had planned well we were running out of water
0: we bought two bottles of portable water plus um, our canteens so to speak our our, uh, vacuum um, uh, water bottles. Water bottles. Yeah, yeah. Big water bottles. But by the time we got to a certain location, we had actually run almost completely dry. Just had a little bit left. But as we were as we were walking, it was it was really warm, no shade covering, and then Sandy was starting to notice some telltale signs that have happened in the past.
1: Yeah, I ac- actually several times in my life have experienced um, just heat. Uh, what's the word exhaustion or it, stroke yeah, yeah just it, like a heat like a heat stroke
0: like a heat exhaustion where
1: it starts affecting my muscles and like my hands start cramping up mm-hmm. and i can just tell my body just is not getting enough water and i saw i felt the beginning signs of that yeah and so we, we you know we just kept walking cuz there's re- really only one way to walk and you know they gave me all the water but that still wasn't enough mm-hmm. and we got to a point where we had to make a decision and one direction was back toward our car, but it was still, I don't know, a few miles maybe? So, and
0: here's the advantage of having a cell phone with you with satellites and maps and everything is you don't have to guess anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the past, you would have to sort of estimate and guess and think, can I make it back? And, and what are my options that I can't see right now um, to the left or the right of me? Well, having a satellite with a phone with satellite imagery, I'm like, all right, here, here's our options and I'm looking and I had to make a call. Because either we were going to try to hike back a long distance with no water and potentially through some rugged terrain, or I needed to drop down off of the mountain into one of two choices that were um, that, that had housing. And so, even from where we we're standing, we could see the housing. And one was sort of more like farmland housing, and another one was very uh, urban. You know, like uh, a brand new subdivision. Like a brand new subdivision. Yeah. And so uh, I had to make a call and decide what we're gonna do. And out of those three choices, uh, we first started heading towards the subdivision, but I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna head this way. It's shorter and I might be able to get in contact with somebody or at least get to a location where I might be able to call an Uber or find some water. And so that's what we did.
1: Yeah, and the direction we chose toward these houses was actually away from where our car was. So right. we, we knew we were going farther away, but we also knew that we had the opportunity to get water and maybe some help. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we were able to find some water and then Sunny went to a house uh, with people at it, um, who... You gotta,
0: uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, no, I was, was going to say friend. it was... It, these, this, these houses, the properties are very spread apart. So it's not like in the uh, other part, where the other place I could have gone to, which was the, the subdivision area, where they were right next to each other, Th- these were really far apart. And the first house, uh, uh, property I went to, I knocked on the door, I was looking for it but there was no one there. However, and I knocked on the door and tried to find, you know, to, to ask permission or whatever, but on the way out, I saw a garden hose. And at this at this point, hose water, garden hose. It it really is something we needed. So we filled up our our jugs and then um, and then headed out. I, then I started walking down and started looking for other options. I was ma- basically looking for a a main road where I can call an Uber to pick us up and take us way back to the trailhead. Um, so that you know, but I needed to get to a location where I can tell an Uber where to go. So I approached this house and I was going to say, hey, what's the address of this house? I want to call an Uber to get here, and these people were like, "Oh, do you need water here?" And they brought out chilled water. And I was by myself at this time. And then they said, "We'll give you a ride." And so I said, "Yeah, my wife and son are up the hill a little bit." And so um, next thing is they they went and picked up Sean and and
1: Sandy. Yeah, they were they were so sweet and so kind and. They they said yeah we hiked that that mountain before but we go at like six in the morning <laughs> yeah. before it gets hot and yeah they just showered us with ice cold water and then they drove us all the way back to where our car was and it was a good hike uh, I don't yeah, I don't yeah, no, we wouldn't think I could have made it yeah um, so that they were just you know like. An angel from heaven right when we needed it. (laughs) We realized
0: this is is at one o'clock in the afternoon. It is baking, cooking hot, and we're hungry for lunch. And we were thirsty until they they gave us all this uh, cold bottled water. And it was just like, oh, thank you. Then we got back to our car and drove home. Got got some lunch. Well, before we got home, we went and got some in-and-out lunch, (laughs) which was like really really great yeah and then we headed home rested for a little bit and then and now we're back out here at the pacific ocean
1: yeah we're doing a little bit of scootering and also just wanted to to catch you guys up in uh what's going on and the rest of the show and one thing we wanted to tell you about we mentioned at the beginning we recently heard from a new geocaching podcaster and she wrote team podcaster my name is amy geocaching handle shadow dragon one I'm reaching out to you uh, because about six months ago, I started my own geocaching podcast called Geocache Adventures. It's a short form bi-weekly podcast. I'm currently working on episode 15. My webpage is geocacheadventures.org. The page lists all the places the podcast is currently available, as well as it has embedded links for streaming it. And again, that came from Amy, Shadow Dragon one And definitely head over and check out this new podcast. Uh, It's always great to welcome another podcaster Mm -hmm. into the geocaching podcasting community. Uh, The episodes are relatively short, and they often feature a geocache that she's found with her five-year-old son or other helpful information about geocaching. So we'll put the link in the show notes so you can go check it out.
0: as we continue to stand here in this beautiful scenery at the uh, Pacific Ocean. It reminds me of some of the photographs I've taken out here in San Diego. And, you know, over the years, we've come to realize that many geocachers have other interests in common. We learned that a lot of geocachers love board games, play musical instruments, love animals, go on road trips. And you know what? Podcaster listeners, as you know, are particularly creative, intelligent and good looking people with excellent taste. Well, one area that I found that resonates with so many geocachers is photography. Whether it's a snapshot to capture that geocaching moment or creatively composed shot, many geocachers just love photography. Well, with that in mind, I would like to get the attention of those of you interested in photography to ask for your help. Now, as many of you know, I was and actually still am a professional photographer. I've got a couple of local San Diego photography businesses that although I've kind of taken my foot off the gas, so to speak, they still bring in income every now and again. Well, I'm considering designing some lessons to teach people how to take and create better photographs but I'd like to get some opinions that might help inform the direction I take as I design these lessons. Now if you're interested in photography and would like to help me identify some key instructional design points as I develop the idea of these photography lessons, wouldn't you contact me and I'll get back to you with more information. You can get to me at podcaster at gmail.com. Just write that and, tell, and let me know that you're interested in photography and I'll get back to you with more information about this. we love to celebrate milestones and achievements of geocachers from all around the world.
1: And we do have a milestone for you but before we play that milestone we just wanted to let you know that on future shows we're going to be featuring some of the songs from Bugsy Travels and the ammo boxes when they performed with the Travel Bugs live in Manchester in 2019.
0: Live! So these are live recordings they're they're the ones that you heard about on the previous show and these were they how they coordinated themselves together and put together these actual live performances in the recorded, and we're going to bring them to you here at podcaster
1: and i think next week we're going to play for you the t-n-l-n-s-l that's song a good, that's, a good, that's a good song <laughs> that's a good one um and so be sure that you don't miss that coming up next week and we did have a milestone called in on some audio from wet coasters so let's go ahead and take a listen
0: this is wet coaster calling in from surrey british columbia canada with a milestone on 30 August, I was able to make fine number 5,000 on Gulf Charlie Ford Juliet Tango Tango Foxtrot Willoughby Trail Cash in Langley, British Columbia. Keep on cashing, people. Hey, that is a great milestone. Certainly worth celebrating. So let's go ahead and call in, even though we're here out here at the Pacific Ocean, the Pod Casher Studio audience, and let's celebrate with them. theme song means we are done with the geocaching goodness, at least for today's show. And it's now time for a quick Sean update.
1: Well, one of the things Sean has in seventh grade science is the infamous science fair project. Yes. <laughs> and he has selected a project to work on that has to do with um, testing out how caffeine affects the growth of plants.
0: Right, so we might end up with a whole bunch of jittery plants at our house, (laughs) Uh, but we'll see. That's what the experiment's gonna try out. This is, this is kind of really exciting for me uh, being a former science teacher, really into science, and you know Sean and I were looking over many uh, different topics and kind of going over ones that he might be interested in and I just wanted to let him take directions. Direction and figure out which ones would be good uh, you know genuine experiments and not so much demonstrations in seventh grade I think his uh, science teacher is looking for that but yeah it's really cool to be going over with my son uh, like vocabulary words and subject matter that I, I really love and so that's going to be a cool thing as it progresses but this is, this is going to be a long-term project right
1: it is it's going to be over a number of months uh-huh. and the teacher is really stepping them through a little bit by little bit so they don't get overwhelmed yeah. they're going to do some research to start with and- and find out information before they even get to the actual physical experimentation and project uh, that'll come in a few months.
0: All right, so we'll let you know. Do, do plants prefer Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> better and we'll find out from his experiment all right guys that's going to do it for today hey thank you for joining us on this san diego journey from mountainside to seaside being able to go on an adventure and a uh, going on a, an adventure we didn't expect to go on today actually but we came out of it all good and well all right guys uh hopefully you guys can stay safe so that someday when we get through all of this all of us can keep on cashing
1: well, that's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is at podcastergmail.com. You can also call the Podcaster Hotline at 760. 760- 300 3633 find out all the ways you can contact us at podcaster.com slash contact. Till next time stay safe and keep on caching